A15. So we've talked about the recent waste management issue several times. Here's some fresh food for thought, if you like. Um, what we throw away may say more about us than what we keep. In December 2001, Jeff Farrell quit his job as a tenured professor to move back to his hometown of Fort Worth, Texas, and then lived not off the land, but out of dumpsters or out of trash cans for the next eight months. And we can perhaps learn a fair bit from that experience without having to go through it ourselves. Jeff Farrell is on the line, now Professor once more of Sociology and Anthropology at Texas Christian University and the author of the book, Empire of Scrounge. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. My pleasure. And, I mean, first of all, this word scrounge, it, it's not um, an overly positive word. It has connotations of, of basically living off others. How how did you manage to turn it into something more positive? Well, I've I've, I've always liked that word because if you go back in history, it, it has a double meaning of someone, as you say, who in a sense lives lives off others, but also someone who is innovative and creative and uh, self assured enough to invent their own way of living. So I, I like the idea of being a scrounger in that second sense and living perhaps not off others, but at least off of what they had discarded. And these days, if there is so much that's being discarded that we can't even deal with our waste, then maybe scrounging is is necessary. Well, yes. It, I, I've said before that it strikes me that in almost every global city, there is a vast unpaid army of thousands or perhaps tens of thousands of people who are reducing waste and keeping goods out of the landfill uh, without asking for pay or benefits, uh, but are simply doing it as trash pickers or scroungers. And in my work on the book and in my subsequent experiences since then, I've confirmed that here in the U.S. and, and elsewhere, there really is a thriving underground of, of you could say, voluntary uh, trash pickers. Well, sometimes it's, it's saddening to see elderly post-retirement citizens of Seoul walking around picking up cardboard boxes, cans, bottles, that sort of thing. But, but that's something you yourself put yourself through. Uh, d- did you feel a bit awkward at first, having lived the life of a professor and suddenly find yourself presumably seeing the occasional rat uh, and having to <laughs> go through some unpleasant smells and that sort of thing? Right. Well, I will. I will say that it doesn't take long as a as a trash picker to learn uh, which bags and not to open and which dumpsters to leave alone. So really, the uh, the problem is is seldom the trash itself. My my bigger problem came from security guards and police officers who uh, often saw this as trespassing or some sort of intrusion. So really, the the threat was really mostly a legal one as opposed to a physical one or a matter of of disease. So is that one of the lessons from what you've done, that we should urge authorities to allow a, a bit more of a free reign for scroungers? And, and if so, what do you do with the privacy issues? People, some people throw away stuff that they don't want anyone to find. Well, that's an excellent point. Uh, yeah, here in the U.S., uh, in almost every major city, and I know elsewhere in the world as well, uh, scrounging is technically illegal because it's considered a violation of private property or trespassing or because there are specific ordinances that prohibit it. And those tend to be based around the notion that, uh, in the United States certainly, the notion that economic development rests on the way the city looks and that somehow homeless folks or scroungers make the city look bad or somehow make people uncomfortable. So I, I think that's largely been constructed for 
from from bias and actually from some of the campaigns. Um, I find in many neighborhoods, scroungers are part of the neighborhood, uh, are known by people. I, I've now scrounged, the, I continue to dumpster dive, and I've now scrounged the same area of my city for 15 years. I, I know just about every, not only every trash bin, I know pretty much every owner of a trash bin, and, and they understand that I'm not looking for uh, private information. I'm just trying to get things to those that need them and to recycle the metal. So I think we need to renegotiate the terms by which uh, dumpster divers and scroungers interact with their cities and understand it can be actually very positive. So let's clarify a little bit further what exactly you're looking for. You, you say they're metal that can be a source of, of actual money and income. Uh, but uh, also you mentioned get things to people who need them. What would those things be? Yes, well, the vast majority of what I find, uh, and even during those eight months, I, I found so much that I could live on that the majority of it went to charity. And uh, part of our consumer society is, and in fact, uh, just this weekend this happened, I found two different uh, dumpsters full of uh, good clothing and electronics, people moving out of their homes at the end of the, the academic semester here, or people uh, upgrading to newer products. So I'm able to take regularly uh, large loads of food and clothing, uh, home goods, warm Coats, uh, uh, building supplies to various homeless shelters and groups that help homeless people and, and immigrants. Uh, it's re- really remarkable. Almost anything that, that you and I might have will end up in the trash soon enough, often in very good shape. And so I really see my job as intervening between uh, that moment and the landfill and getting it to people that need it. And, and you said you've got to watch out for which dumpsters to avoid, the potentially smelly ones for example where you might find waste food but then again a lot of waste food is perfectly edible isn't it so supermarkets that's absolutely right have come that's under great pressure right. I, I can Right, I continue to uh, to eat uh, scrounged food and to pass it on to others and to share it with agencies that need it. And as you may know, Freegans and Food Not Bombs, various groups, uh, really make a practice of reclaiming food and and passing it on to those that need it. Uh, food Not Bombs does so in great numbers, uh, feeding the homeless. Uh, so you're right. It, it again tells us about the nature of our waste that it's not only last year's sweater or iPhone, but also yesterday's food that is often uh, entirely edible, but for for one reason or another has been discarded this whole culture of consumerism that we're all caught up in um, buying things and producing waste on unimaginable levels on a daily basis collectively what can we all do to learn from your experience if if we're not literally going to go out and dumpster dive ourselves can we at least do something in our own homes well, absolutely. I, I would say the strongest lesson I learned and continue to learn is that, that waste really is built into a consumer society. With the, We don't tend to think when we buy the new iPhone or buy this year's fashion that that, of course, makes it uh, absolutely certain that last year's iPhones and fashions will be discarded. So I think we really have to confront our sense of ourselves and what it takes to make us happy. I, I find that the less, not to sound too spiritual, but it really is in some ways spiritual, that one of the lessons I learned from all this is that the less I want, the happier I am. I, I simply wait for things to show up in my life or, or learn to enjoy and make do with what I have. And often, and almost always, things take care of themselves. So the sort of panic and rush of hurrying to buy the next thing is not only, I think, a, a recipe for unhappiness. It's also really a recipe for an unsustainable planet. So I think all of us uh, can, can reconsider what we actually need and want and perhaps find some joy and pleasure in reusing and recycling and, and sharing with others as opposed to always purchasing things brand new. 
it flies in the face of not only our own consumer habits, but what the government wants from us as well. The, the government doesn't like it. I mean, governments generally in, in free markets don't like it when we stop spending. It's not good for growth. That's right. Uh, in that sense, it really is subversive uh, activity. Uh, to, to confront consumerism and to, again, imagine ways to barter and recycle is, I would argue, very healthy and important lifestyle. But very good point. It really flies in the face of taxation structures and uh, global corporations and even city governments. So it does require a willingness, I think, to sort of live outside the bounds of what's expected. But, but I have found that it also weaves together new ways of living, that as you share and build communities and find out who needs what, uh, you actually are able to build a sort of alternative world inside the present one, which I find very appealing and, and I have to say, uh, potentially progressive. Yeah, I guess the whole point is you can't measure life or quality by GDP if you're going to live this lifestyle, uh, which you, <laughs> you may have inspired a few of our listeners right now on. We've got to leave it there. But Jeff Farrell, good luck with your ongoing scrounging and creating a good image of scrounging. Thank you very much. My pleasure to talk with you.